Oh my god, I got so much crap on Twitter for commenting on that shirt. How? Why? I missed it. Unbelievable. Uh, So I took a screenshot of Jared's postgame presser and that terrible shirt. It, and, it wasn't um, terrible. There's a different. There's a different it, word for it. It was we. It was weirder than it was terrible. It, it just. It, it looked like a, like a forty year old soccer dad. He's twenty four. Right. <laughs> and so I I took a picture and I said something. Like I just green cap. And I I said I tweeted out like someone needs to talk to Jared about this. It basically, is what I said. Like someone should talk to Jared about this. And I received all kinds of backlash. The first comeback everyone came back with, which is boring and and very predictable, was, "Well, did you see Cam? Yeah, we all know Cam looks ridiculous. He's done it for for years now, Cam's so this different. isn't news. But Jared looking ridiculous is new because he he usually looks like a okay, you know, he he just dresses fine. He looks dressed like a twenty something year old dude. He decided to. Go. So I thought he lost a bet. You ever see? I uh, remember the the uh, the Amazon series with the Cardinals, all or nothing, yeah. and they were they were we had like Carson Wentz and and all the guys would be like throwing balls into a bucket, and uh, Patrick Peterson always took part of it. And whoever lost had to dress ridiculous for the plane ride over. I thought Jared Goff lost, lost a bet, and it appears that that he didn't. But the best reply I had on the whole thing was uh, Rich from the Athletic came back and said that uh, we know we played bad, but did he have to get tarred and feathered afterwards? Joey, you get one, you get one word to describe that outfit. Red. Yep, that's perfect. Uh, Robbo, you get one word to describe Cam Newton's barbed wire handkerchief chin support outfit. Odd. Yep, that's not even close, but it works. Tertial Radio, season eleven, episode eleven. Hello, everybody. It's Joe at 3K underscore Robbo at Seattle Rams underscore NFL. What's up? Hey, what's going on, jerks? Joey at LA Rams, Rams, Rams. We missed you. You were in you were in holding in some kind of police situation because you had dipped your hand into the cookie jar too many times at keys, 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 keys on midnight. What's up? If it makes me sound cooler, yeah, I was incarcerated for 24 hours. <laughs> Did you happen to see that he had shorts on with that outfit as well? He takes chances. So you saw the hat. And you saw the hat and like and the scarf or whatever. But he came in wearing like like English schoolboy shorts and his coat with the sh- yeah yeah with the short sleeves shirt right. suit oh. and shirt. Oh. There's too much. Uh, we're too old. We're, we're fashion is not. I literally wrote about Corey Littleton wearing 1960 shoes on the side. <laughs> this this is not going to be. An area that were of any relevance for anybody. Well, you, took, you took more than that. I mean, you—that was that's an incredible article, yeah, yeah. Joe. You you did a deep dive on everybody's tweets. I liked the shoe. Well, I liked Corey Littleton shoes. I liked the Jim Thorpe fours. Mm-hmm. Those I liked that uh, <laughs> he sacrificed fashion for function. Um, he's willing to make a fool of himself on the national stage. Everybody else is wearing these flashy shoes. Jared Goff has the Seinfeld whites. Um, Todd Gurley, Jojo Nats, and other guys wear Ram colors. Corey Littleton says, you know what? 1960s football is back. And so are 1960s politics. So I'm just going to roll with wow. it. Good for you, Corey Littleton. <laughs> and he had the best game of his career. <laughs> um, he was channeling like his Dick Buckus, right? He was all over the place. It was very Dick Buckusy in terms of performance and in terms of shoes. Joe, you got one more thing. I'll, I'll throw this in there in case we get a uh, Easter egg out of it. Have all the decent people in the world learned that no one wants to hear about their fantasy team and that the people that do talk about the team are the real problem with this country? 
Yeah, like every once in a while I listen to this uh, serious radio station, which is the fantasy football station. And it's interesting because when they just talk about players value and different things like that, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. But when they have take calls and some guy calls in and goes, yeah, I got, um, you know, I got OJ Howard and should I sit him or should I put in Mark Andrews? And it's like, I don't care about this guy's team. I don't even know who this person is. And suddenly it's on the radio and they're, you know, reacting to it. Well, ah, here's what you would do. I'm just like, no, but nobody, nobody cares. You, the only reason why you care is because it's your team. Otherwise, you know who cares? It's a secret. You know who cares? Elizabeth Warren. She does. Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren is like, you know what? There are there are plenty of people out there with uh, that guy on their team, and here's what we're going to do about it. And everybody's like, God damn, that's incredibly prescient, Elizabeth Warren. That's a really good idea. How are you ever going to get people to do that for their fantasy league? Well, never going to happen. How about that? I think How about Bernie, that? Bernie cares. He wants to pay your fantasy football league dues. We're going to take care of your debt and pay your fantasy football dues. Un-American. We're not going to do the forward pass anymore. <laughs> We're going to get rid of it. It's not fair. Some people don't have good quarterbacks. Can't pass the ball. I love it. Football. Week one is over. Joey, you didn't get a chance to talk about week one. Anything that you want to offer? I don't know if you got a chance to get into episode 10 and listen to our uh, review, but mm-hmm. is there anything you had left? Yeah, well, I th- I thought it was a... Uh... That's an interesting game now to hear just the narrative of everybody kind of talking about it because it feels like, you know, we obviously have standouts and everyone's talking about Corey Littleton and the second half mm-hmm. of, of Todd Gurley. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was interesting to see Clay Matthews out there. And uh, and I I felt like the more I when I watched the he game had, again. He had a great sack, Joey. Look at that sack. Look at that form yeah, on that sack. training camp sack. Like, it was just like. Oh, man. Just rushed the edge and he beat his blocker who was invisible and just got right straight to the quarterback. Classic Clay Matthews. But there's been those clips of, of Aaron Donald getting triple teamed. Is That's kind of um, kind of fun to watch. And I think it's really going to help out Dante Fowler Jr. Uh, moving forward. But um, yeah, man, I guess my. I guess my takeaway was it was just it was a little frustrating to to watch Goff struggle. It was kind of Aww. I think it was one of those games where you are 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 hopeful before every play, and then you start to kind of get to the point where you become a little more realistic need, of what's going to happen before. I plays. need to get some, some like sad music, some like. Like you, Joey, talking about golf and he struggled again. It makes me very sad. It's very Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer because they won the game, but um, it felt like the the Panthers really were sneaking up at the second half. Like no one was really talking about it too much. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that we almost blew this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it felt like I mean, was it garbage time? Because there's a point where it stops being no. garbage time; it becomes regular time. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a competitive game, and credit the Panthers; they were in it till the end. Robbo, this is your this well, is your in law team. But garbage they, garbage time was was when Marcus Peters committed that stupid penalty that took points off the board. 
That was everybody's so mad about me. Why is everybody so mad at Marcus Peters? Because it was I'm 15 not- yards. I didn't get three out of it. Was it worth it, though? I kind of feel like it was worth it. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it only worth it if it happened this week because all, all <laughs> like this, the board. Like that's the thing. Like it was pretty great. I get. I get it that everybody and I get it. It was not the smart play, but it's pretty good. This is me doing my Grinch GIF smile over here. Just <laughs> all right. Let's get into week two. Um, let's do it. Um, that's amazing. This is an angry team. That got a big win against the Texans. This is that is one way to summarize that game. It was a fucked up Monday night game with the Texans uh, tying the game with a touchdown, six points, and then getting an extra point to take the lead and missing it, having that erased on a penalty, and then getting a chance to re-kick and making it. And the Saints with 50 seconds left going down the field and scoring a field goal of their own. Good. Closure for Saints fans. That's the end of anything that has preceded this. This is going to be a crazy environment for everybody involved. I hope Rams fans are um, inviting to Saints fans. I get it that this is a weird, this is a weird, weird, weird game with a weird uh, setup. This is very unusual in many ways. Before we get to the te- technical points of the football and the game itself, none, Joey, are you going to the game? I am not. Yeah, so none of us are going to the game. There's a lot of people going to the game. It's going to be the environment. We talked about this on the end of the recap last time. It's going to be great. It's going to be weird. It's going to be so hyped where you've got Ram Saints coming out of the NFC Championship and the way that that ended this is going to be a crazy pregame environment, Joey. Um, what what do you expect in the buildup in terms of your, let's say, emotions? Or you, as a fan, with, with all of this building up, what are you going to be going through the hour, the two hours before the game? Well, it kind of reminds me of, you know, sometimes when you're at a bar and, and maybe you invert, you know, you're talking to a drunk person and, and maybe that drunk person is, gets mad at you. And you're in like this irrational sort of environment or zone where you're fine. You're not as drunk as this person, but this drunk person is just so angry <laughs> and just furious at you for something you don't even know what it is because it's nonsensical drunk land is kind of how I feel about this matchup where you're bringing in, I think, a lot of transplant fans, you know, for the Saints coming into the game. So they're going to be there. They're going to be wearing their referee shirts. Uh, they're going to be pissed. They're going to be screaming. So you're going to have that sort of representation from the Saints at the Coliseum. But then you have the LA fans, right? Well, they're they're cheering on the Rams for the NFC Championship game, but they're not angry about it because that's not the game that was heartbreaking. Maybe when we play the Patriots, there'll be some anger. But with the Saints, we're feeling pretty good about it. So I think it's an interesting sort of dynamic of preparing for somebody that really just is out to get you and yeah obviously the rams want to win we all want to win as well but um the chip on our shoulder i mean how much does does that play into a team playing well because sometimes i think it could maybe hurt them because they're just they're too emotional about it um sure you know a guy like drew Brees coming in i mean i'm sure he's pretty pissed about that lost last year at the end of championship game does, gonna kind does of- drew Brees get pissed do you think he has that in him I, I think he has. He has to have some competitive edge that's pretty intense. 
if you're playing into your late 30s. I think he has to be pretty competitive, and I think that comes with emotion and having a chip on your shoulder. You did you did call it nonsensical drunk land. Um, isn't that New Orleans? Isn't that what New Orleans is? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how they get the tourism, right? I think that's how that works. Robbo, what do you think, man? Big picture. Big picture? Uh, well, I think we all know several people, like Joey said, trans, uh, transplant fans flying in for this game. Uh, I think New Orleans is going to come have a pretty good showing. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a great environment. And I already, you've already heard the, th- I've seen the chatter. I'm sure you guys have seen it about the whistles that they were using during the championship game. Uh, I've seen several Rams fans talking about buying thousands of whistles off of eBay and distributing them before the game to see if they could sneak those in and like do the turnabout fair play thing. Um, sure, I guess that'll work. Uh, I think part of the, the difference there is, is New Orleans is played in a dome, so sound comes back down to the field, whereas the Coliseum is the biggest thing on the planet, and I think that sound might not really translate. But I think it's going to be pretty lit. I think people are people have circled this one on the calendar, Rams fans and Saints fans, since that play. It's uh, they don't like each other. We don't like them. I don't like their coach. They don't like us. They you want don't to like their coach. Yeah. I go, fucking go, hate go over this again. Yep. Go over this again. Oh, so we, we did this before the Saints game last year. Then we did it again before the NFC championship. How, game. Do you, how do you feel when you see his face? I want to punch him in the fucking face <laughs> with everything that I have and then spend a night in jail because he wants to discharge it. I hate this fucking guy. I People hate the 49ers because it's a rival, whatever, and they don't like Seahawks, whatever. Yes, I dislike them as well. But there's one Bill Belichick people hate, whatever. Fuck, it's Sean Payton, that whiny little bitch. We, we, this has been going forever because of Sean Payton. And he, had, he bitched about the rule change, which... I would it would make my year if this game came down to a Saints pass interference penalty that was it called has to cut like through the flag right it, it has it, to Karma would come back and fuck him right in the ass on this and I will love all of it yes we just earned our explicit rating I'm not going to take it back Here, fuck here here's what I want to know Joey would you would you rather Nikel Roby Coleman defends a pass without getting pass interference or would you rather the Saints interfere with a Rams wide receiver and they call pass interference on him and it goes to? I think I like the symmetry of the Van RC just clotheslining Michael Thomas, you know, in a fun way, kind of like a sort of wrestling storyline. It it would um it would incite it would incite the team, but maybe it wouldn't be the smartest move because it could probably. <laughs> You know, penalize do you the think he should, much, do, but... should he do it early? Should he just clean somebody out in the first quarter? I mean, if you're putting it in a script, that's what you do. I think for like real life, um, that's probably not the responsible. It's mm. probably not the smart play, but it's the funny play. How about so. the pick six? How about the pick six? NRC pick oh, six. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Let's, let's do that. The let's, let's start off the game this. with that. The gentleman. The gentleman. The gentleman's way of finishing this thing. And then go to the goalpost and pull out from the the cushion a <laughs> yeah. motherfucking Waffle House frying pan. <laughs> there's too much. There's too much in this game, man. Um, we played them three times last year. We played them in the preseason, the regular season, the postseason. This is a team that goes back to the old realignment Again, kids, uh, you have no mm-hmm. idea. You're, you're going to have to go to NFL Pro Reference to see what we're talking about. This Last is, week, too. This is old old school. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different game. Um, 
One thing that I'm interested in, this is there's only the second game of the season. The Rams came out with a maybe an unpredictable game plan. Seven passes. Robbo, we talked mm-hmm. about it before they got into the run. And then I think it was only two girly rushes in the first 15 plays. They went to Malcolm Brown uh, to really empower the offense after they took uh, Gurley out. What What do you think we should be anticipate it's hard it's hard to ask that because i think the answer is we have no idea what to anticipate cooper cup comes back from an acl injury he gets four targets in the first couple plays of the game um what 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 are you looking for early on to set the tone for this game uh oddly enough i'm not looking at the offensive side of the ball i'm looking at that defense i Mm. think they've got a chip on their shoulder they've heard about the nrc you saw uh i don't know if you saw the article um but from Gary Klein, I believe he wrote today that uh, all the Rams DBs got together and watched the Monday Night Football game together, and we're we're, we're talking about it. I think they are. They're, I think they're all ready to you know say you know what we didn't need that play. They did. We don't we don't need that play to be better than you. And I th- I think this is low key becoming. Like, could this be their biggest rivalry we brewing right now? If the 49ers aren't good any longer. And the Seahawks are, you know, they're still in division one, but this one has the vitriol behind it. You just heard my rant about their terrible coach. I, I think this is low key because of the the situations we, we've gotten into. This could be developing into a great rivalry, and I'm looking at the defense to come up and set the tone. You know, AD didn't get a sack last week, and he's already he's already talking about how he he's disappointed in his, in his actions. He was triple teamed and double teamed most of the game. That's what he wants. But it's like, how scary that is that? How scary yeah. is it? How scary is it to have Aaron Donald angry? Right. So I'm I'm looking at the defense to come out and set the tone for this thing. That's where I'm at. What do you think, Joey? What do you, What are you looking for? Well, I think I'm really interested in this idea that McVeigh does his play calling based off the the vibe of the game, like as he's going, you know, feeling the flow of everything. Because it feels like when when he's referring to moments like that in the game. It's not the most successful one, so I don't really understand why he would start the game and, and be like, okay, let's just run the <laughs> run the ball. Like, was that really premeditated, or was that actually, as he said in post game, it was just something that was happening on the fly, and he just was like, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna run the ball. Let's just keep the hot hand with Goff because it wasn't like he was seven for seven throwing these bombs down the field. How much more do you have, Joey, in terms of believing McVeigh when he talks about these things? He's talked about that Todd Gurley's 100%. He's talked about Todd Gurley not being on a pitch count. How, how much more tolerance do you have for um, believing I don't have any more tolerance. Oh, I, I'm at oh, the we're stage there. right now, Joe. We're already there. Here, here's where I am. It's not even that I don't believe him. I can't even read the tea leads on this guy. What, even his... <laughs> lie sometimes with you know a lot of people that are kind of full of shit you can kind of figure out what they're really saying it's like ah something they don't want to admit or you know doesn't incriminates them whatever but with mcveigh i I don't even know what the the truth is so it's kind of hard to really talk about his lies because i feel like he has this sort of uh script that he uses he has a bunch of buzzwords or buzz phrases that he uses real quickly on the fly i mean he's very brilliant that way a lot of uh, a lot of preparation. Where hey, today's Wednesday. You know, tomorrow's probably going to be Thursday, but we gotta we gotta get ready for Friday. If Saturday comes after Wednesday, you know, Sunday's out there. We have a lot of respect for Monday, Tuesday. You know, uh, yeah, 
they're they're going to be coming. So next Wednesday, yeah, that's uh, that's one of those things that we talk about that we're uh, going to be ready for. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you could listen to him talk for two minutes and really just not know what what he said or what he's what he's trying to say. And anyways, I mean, I I I, I think. I think I think next whole- Tuesday. <laughs> next Tuesday is a big day. Next Thursday is also a day. Hey, let, let's be honest. I've seen Friday for years. That's a great day. Saturday. Whoa. Hey, a lot of respect for the way that guy goes about his business. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's nuts. And I and I feel like with with this premeditated thing, I feel like he just kind of. I feel like he's c- came up with this idea before the game started. That he was just going to be, you know what, we're going to pass the ball because the Panthers front seven is crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. in one way, maybe that plan worked because the Panthers had to adjust. So then when he went into the second half, he could run the ball more. And it was a um, it was a messy exec- you know, execution. But um, I just don't know if I buy him just kind of throwing out his plans that he spent all offseason sort of obsessing about, I'm sure. That like the you know the first play of the the beginning of the regular season, and he's just like, just throw the ball and get goofy. You love you love. Getting, I, you I think love it was. I don't goofy. I don't think it was him being getting like. Goofy well, is no, one of your favorites. I do. Yeah, that's because it's my life. <laughs> it's so it's my life. Um, the injury report. Uh, Eric Waddle will start with a concussion protocol situation. Still limited. Uh, the bigger issues: Michael Brockers, Clay Matthews, both. Did not practice on Wednesday. Brockers with a shoulder issue. Matthews with the back. Um, we'll see how that goes. Otherwise, depending on the news that we get, Robert, what do you think? Uh, any defensive line linebacker shifts that you might be wanting to happen versus what you might anticipate? Well, I think we all want to see Greg Gaines play, but I'm not sure that that are- he wasn't even active. And I think people oh. want to see Oboe out there because uh, yeah. at this point. Are we ready to move on from from my EWU guy Samson Abukam Abukam? Uh, he doesn't he doesn't give you much except for you know uh, giving up a uh, a pressure on that first punt. That's kind of what he gave this last game. I just I'm I'm ready to move on. Let's see what Obo can do. It can't be worse. He just he's just not he's just a guy. He had a splash game against the Chiefs last year. And outside of that, it would just you know there's a reason why they went and got 87 year old Clay Matthews to start. I breathe heavily. I, I don't have an answer, Joey. What do you think, Samson Abukam versus versus the options of Dante Fowler, Clay Matthews, Obanayo, Karanko, well, everybody else? Nitro's Packard, Justin well, Lawler. Yeah, it, it, it feels like if they, if they had their druthers, the way that they would play the season is a lot of snaps going to Clay Matthews and Dante right. Fowler Jr. on the edge, and then playing. Um, I, I think with inside linebacker, it's you know just it's a totally different um, you know roster roster of dudes. So I think as as far as just edge rushers, guys are going to get to the pass the uh, the passer. I think yeah, I think I think Okawanko is someone that that we kind of um, have idealized because he hasn't played a bad game yet. So he has like this clean st- slate. So we're like, oh yeah, he he could be the guy because we've seen Samson Epicom play enough games that we're like, ah, yeah, who knows? But even Rams Twitter, I think they're. I think they're a little more bullish on these guys. Um, I think Turf Show Times is maybe a little more negative on the edge rushers than um, a little bit of just sure. general Rams fan on Twitter. But I think they're pretty much pro every player. So um, 
that I get, but um, it's it's a little bit of slim pickings. I mean, if you take away um, Ogbo, I mean, who who are we we talking about here? I mean, Morgan Fox is he still in the discussion? Fox, he played. Yeah, is he? But is he a guy that we're going to? To, to just want to see more of. No, do I see or more? Is he, or see a dude that's just going to be really like third depth, like when we're in a pinch. I mean, it, I, I want to say that the edge, the edge guys for the Rams are like every other team's backup quarterback. Like, if you have a terrible quarterback, who's the most popular guy on the team? The backup, because he has never given the opportunity to, to be terrible. Except that they're starting. So like the edge are the same way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's I, no, I'm thinking like the guys who aren't starting. So Oboe, Natrez Patrick. Um, Justin Law, anyone who's not playing is is like a de facto backup quarterback because yeah. we haven't seen them. So we think they're going to be, you know, how Eric Dickerson is talking right now how we should be playing Obo Okoronko, right? Because of the way he talked about Sean, you know, Sean Mannion. It's just they're the, the guys who aren't yeah. playing and you're behind a struggling unit are always going to be the ones the fans are most interested in seeing. It's just kind of how it works. All right, Joey. Um, this is your part of the show. You had to talk about Jared Goff mm. as Magnum PI. Is it is it Magnum PI? Like, aren't they remaking uh, that? Is they it? have remade it. It's on CBS. Oh my god! Yeah, we're so we're so. Uh, you didn't mean the new Magnum PI, did you? You meant the old one because I don't know the. New I don't Magnum know the new PI. one either. Great. Then let's do the new one. It's the old one. Connect for us. Ding a Roger E. Mosley. Think about happy. But his best bro did forget about him. And so that's it for Goff Talk. It was a um, golf guy. Uh, you know, you can romanticize that that reception all you want, but you kind of can't when you look at it. When you watch the play, that touchdown pass to Tyler Higby was um was kind of boring. It's like the most boring touchdown pass that you can have. Let me ask it to you, Joey. You weren't there. I, I'll rephrase it. I asked, "Is that what the Rams re-signed Higby for?" I'll, I'll I'll rephrase it. Is that what he needs to do to validate his contract? Just f- four catches, e- even less than that. He could have two catches for eight yards, but one touchdown. Is that what Tyler Higby is on this team for? I mean, I think it's kind of interesting that he got this contract before he could really solidify his his reputation, and I guess. He did. He did solidify, and I just didn't realize it because I was still, I'm still potential. I'm still optimistic that he can be a guy that gets, you know, eight to ten receptions and can kind of be an impactful tight end. And we haven't seen any behavior why? like that. That, that why? could be a why thing. Are you so optimistic I don't know why. About I, I, I've been, I've been so optimistic about it, and I think it's because <laughs> I am a, just a dummy, and I got the emotions. <laughs> getting the best of me because 
I think the idea of Goff and Higgs are a fun kind of lethal weapon duo. And the fact that we're only going to get four minutes of, of, of screen time of that awesome movie. And it's the boring parts of the movie, you know, where they're getting yelled at by the chief. But it's like, you guys are the last straw. I'm, and I'm tired of you, Higby. Turn in your badge. <laughs> I never needed it in the first place, chief. <laughs> do we need to one-up one another? Like, do, do we need to predict Goff and Higby for 10 catches, 160 yards, four touchdowns every week? We can do, like, closest to the pen here. I, I, I want him to be kind of like Witten, you know? Like, I want it to be like, you know, Brady and Gronk. I, I just think that dynamic would be so fun because, I mean, Gurley and Goff is that, that's 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 fine and fun but and everything. Can't but they have that can't, can't, same chemistry? One catch a week, eight yards, touchdown, chariots of fire. That's true. I think we need to go ahead and top Churchill Times videos where it's Jeff Higby and Goff highlights. Or when there's a short highlight, we make a big deal from Clearwater, Florida. The ball flew in the air, just like a bag of Pistito chips that Jared would casually throw to his best friend across the meeting room as they were watching The Bachelor and getting high on marijuana. That day we were the football, spiraling through the California sky. Across New Orleans, Saints receivers, or excuse me, quarterbacks, and the ball gracefully landed in the hands that would previously punch the man in the face at a bar, snapped the ball for his only reception of the game, a three-yard touchdown pass thrown by Derek to give the Rams a comfortable seven-point lead. That's that's an appropriate Ram Saints preview, I think. Oh. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey, final thoughts. We got Ram Saints, man. This is a fun game. We talked about the environment being weird. What 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 is one thing you you would be comfortable and not even comfortable? What is one thing that you would be really happy about seeing if the Rams are able to get done in this game? Even if they don't get the win. I think I think I just want to see um, a positive, not have it be Jared Goff's yeah. fault. I want him to have a positive a game. I think that'll just help moving forward. That be like, okay, you know what? We got a good attack. Maybe we got outplayed a little bit by the Saints, but I, I to me, I, this, I don't want to sound like a hater, but I just I'm not going to be shocked if the sure. Rams lose this game because it just it could happen. I think both of these teams are really good. And I think if you play this game for 10 days in a row, you know, magic if players didn't get tired, they would, you know, it would be almost split in the middle a little bit. I think these teams are kind of evenly matched. So I, I just want, I want our players to just show signs that they're going to get better every game and, and just kind of go from there. 
Good point, Joe. Uh, Robo, what you got? What's the, what's the one thing you want to see, regardless of whether or not we lose this game, that would make you feel better about this team? I, I was gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm on part of Joey. I want to see you know Goff improve and get back to where he was. But if you're looking for for something else, um, how about the continued success of Malcolm Brown, <laughs> Todd Gurley? See him continue to do you know come out like he did in the fourth quarter, uh, looking more like Todd Gurley and not like early you know tentative Todd. I just want to see, I want to see general overall improvement. You know, we they started off rusty against Oakland last year, then then they went on the rip off seven seven consecutive games after that. Uh, I want to see this team just keep progressing, slowly get back to what they were last year at this point. Just you've been playing the preseason, you're a little rusty in the first one. You found a way to win a, an ugly game, come out. We had a softball last year in game two. I think it was Arizona. This time it was a little, a little more difficult, but that's what happens when you go to the Super Bowl. You you face a tough schedule, so yeah, just continued improvement. I want to see them, you know, look like look more like the team that we're used to watching rather than the team we watched last week. It was fun to watch them win, but they just weren't crisp in all facets. So let's see continued improvement, moving moving it forward is like signs of a good year. Tough close. If we lose, tough close loss against a good team. It's, it's week two, long season, lots of football to come, and lots of narratives to redevelop moving forward. It's gonna be fun. Hey, Kevin Garnett, do you think a woman could poop by the meat locker and just leave like nothing happened? Anything is possible. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I like it.